0: Welcome to The Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining me on yet another episode of The Red Light Report. and This will be the final episode of 2021. It has been a Fun, exciting, adventurous, memory-making, and everything in between type of year. Uh, the, of course, this is the first year of the Red Light Report, and uh, I hope I'm able to continue to host this podcast for many years to come. For those who have been here since the the beginning or the middle or just the very recent, I appreciate you all. Appreciate the support, and you know I do hope that you're all finding this information whether it's just me doing these solo sodes or the interviews I'm doing with uh, some amazing, amazing individuals, I hope you're all finding the information useful, applicable, at the very least interesting. And I hope at some level, you're able to apply it to your daily life, your health, wellness, longevity regimen. With that being said, of course, this is just after the holidays, right before the New Year's when this episode is being released. So I hope everyone's had a very fun, enjoyable, relaxing time with their friends, family, and otherwise. And kind of on that topic, this solo so is going to be a little, little different, not just going to be red light therapy centric, because for Christmas, my family and I traded some interesting gifts. And so we're going to talk about a couple of those in this episode. They're both having to do with frequencies, just like red light therapy. So I thought it was apropos that we talk about them here on, on the episode. And then we'll dig in to a couple of interesting pieces of photobiomodulation research, as always. One ties in to one of the gifts that was given during Christmas. So I just looked that up on PubMed and I found a pretty interesting article with red light therapy and this technology dealing with frequencies. And then another piece of research that we'll look at has to do with transcranial red light therapy and its potential on those that have autism. So that's a pretty recent, actually just came out this week, uh, piece of research that we'll look at. So without further ado, let's dig into the Belkowskis' Christmas. One of the gifts that I received from my mom has to do with sound and vibration. It was a tuning fork but just not any tuning fork, give it a listen. That was 528 hertz to be exact. And that isn't just a random number or a random frequency. As we're about to learn, there's a lot of healing and wellness benefits to 528 hertz. In fact, it has to do with DNA repair. And the frequency 528 hertz is also known as the love fork. It diffuses negative energy and enhances love and peace. So if you're feeling a little lovey dovey and a peace of mind while you're listening to that 528 hertz uh, just a little bit ago, that would explain why. It enhances love and peace. Scientists are currently using the fork to transform DNA. And so there are many claims you know, about this tuning fork, the 528 hertz. And while there aren't many scientific research supporting the claim that this exact frequency repairs DNA, based on the research in nitric oxide, which we're familiar with because of red light therapy, vasodilation, and the ability for enzymes found in wheatgrass to repair DNA, there may be a strong link between DNA repair and a range of frequencies that could include 528 hertz. So, of course, there needs to be more research done before we can make this concrete claim about DNA repair with 528 hertz, but there does seem to be something there. Also, good imagery and visualization combined with a 528 hertz tuning fork will enhance your nervous, immune, and circulatory systems which will lead to a more stable environment for DNA replication. There is research on this. So with that being said, with uh, making your DNA replication more stable, this could have an effect on your skin and the health of your skin and, and the beauty of your skin. Some people say that 528 hertz is the frequency of love, like we mentioned earlier. Love is an intention coming from the heart. When a mother sings a lullaby to her baby, they may not sing in the tune or anywhere near the frequency of 528 hertz, but that doesn't matter. The sound will carry their intention of love and healing. Therefore, with 528 hertz forks, when used in this context can carry the vibration of love and healing that the mother brings to it. So some of the benefits of 528 hertz, it induces sleepiness. It opens the heart towards healing. So you can imagine if you're into meditation and trying to open that heart chakra, you could probably get some benefits there. Reduces stress, purifies poisoned water, increases the amount of light and vibration of food and water, can be used on your solar plexus, which is that breastbone right above your lungs and heart. It can be used on your solar plexus energy center or chakra or anywhere on your person where you want to receive miracles or transform your DNA. Again, this is information uh, that I have found that I'm reporting to you. So these aren't necessarily FDA medical claims, but benefits that have been realized by people going on with the benefits. It can replace negative energy with the energy of love. It reduces anxiety, just like it reduces stress enhances spiritual and healing powers attracts others on a heart-to-heart level, aids in transforming our thoughts and intentions, and transforms food and drink into the 528 hertz frequency. So some applications for this. So we heard about the benefits. Here are some applications. So for the sound, like I just did for you a little while ago, you strike the tuning fork and bring the fork within six inches of your ear. When the sound and vibration has stopped, Repeat the process for your other ear, and the fork can be used on over any part of your body where you are in pain or feel like you need healing. You activate the fork and wave the fork two to three inches from the body in any given area. So that's for sound. For sleep, at bedtime, activate the fork and wave it around your head and heart to induce sleep. So again, when you strike the tuning fork, you're releasing the vibrations of 528 hertz. And so for sleep example, if you're striking the fork, waving it around your head, your brain is probably receiving those frequencies. You hold it closer to your heart. Your heart would receive those frequencies, thus helping induce sleep. That's what I'm getting from this. For water, you activate the fork and wave it three times around your drinking glass full of water. You can also briefly place the tuning fork in water. This will work on drinking water as well as your bath water. If using it in your bath water, submerge the whole fork into the water. Let it vibrate and play out completely. Repeat this six times and your bath will feel much more relaxing. For food, activate your fork, wave it three times around your plate of food. You can also place the stem of the activated fork on the plate as it is vibrating. For conflict, a group of sound healing researchers in Israel routinely travel with 528 hertz tuning forks. They activate them whenever confronted by angry people. Also, they play the forks whenever they come upon others in conflict. They claim this distracts, fascinates, humors, and calms those engaged in arguments. So just wanted to share that with you guys. A pretty interesting, simple piece of technology yet with potentially pretty interesting and profound frequency healing benefits. So that was the first fun Christmas present I want to talk about. And the second one is what you guys are probably familiar with, which are PEMF mats, pulsed electromagnetic field mats. We're going to dig a little deeper into what PEMFs are, because just like the tuning fork, just like like red light therapy, it's a different type of frequency that your body inherently, innately responds to for healing and returning to homeostasis. Let's learn a little more about PEMFs because again, this is something you can couple with red light therapy or couple with breathing or couple with grounding. Well, grounding would be a form of uh, PEMFs. So, it's another way to give your body the free electrons that it needs to carry out daily activities at a physiological level. And like I've talked about on multiple, multiple podcasts, according to Dr. Doug Wallace, um, the leading researcher on mitochondria, the more energy your body has, the healthier you will be and the longer you will live. Thus, you'll have a longer health span. You'll live many more decades with a more robust health and wellness and a capacity for that too. And your body will be more resilient with all that being said. And the point of that is with PEMFs, with red light therapy, you want to induce or bring in free electrons because the more electrons you have, the more potential you have to produce ATP, which is that token of energy. And just like I mentioned a minute ago, the more energy you have, the healthier you'll be. You'll mitigate your chances of coming down with some type of disease or cancer or, or just a health malady. So you're setting yourself up for success by finding ways to again bring electrons into your body to give each one of your cells more capacity for producing energy so that you can stave off health conditions and remain healthy and resilient for as long as possible. So PEMFs, the human body as well as the universe is primarily a holographic field of energy, information and consciousness and secondarily physical and material. The energy field of our body extends outwards up to 15 feet, and this has been measured by science. So the whole point of that first sentence is we can see much less, we can touch tangibly much less than there is actually out there in the real world, in the universe. For instance, we cannot see infrared light. In fact, we can see a very, very small fraction of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. So as humans, we perceive only a small, small amount. So that's why, secondarily, the physical and material universe is what we can perceive. Yet, the real energy fields out there, and like I said here, primarily the holographic field of energy, information, and consciousness is mostly what makes up the universe and the world, yet we can't perceive it our own energy field extends outwards of 15 feet. So when you're interacting with other people, if you're within 15 feet of that person, you're gonna be picking up their energy. You're gonna be picking up their aura. And that's how we get these feelings when we're around people. We know people that are energy vampires and we know people that uplift and energize us. And that's because when we're close with them and interacting with them, we can either get zapped or energized by them. And this is one of the reasons why our energy fields operate primarily at frequencies matching the earth of zero to 30 Hertz. Just like I talked about, you know, with Dr. Doug Wallace and energy, the more energy you have, the better you're going to feel and providing energy to yourself is harmonious and beneficial to the body. The health of your body is dependent upon the health of your cells because all of your organs and tissues are composed of them. And if you guys listen to my uh, talk down in Miami, I went over this to kind of give an example of how powerful the mitochondria are because we have hundreds to thousands of mitochondria per cell, which then affects your tissues, which affects your organs, which affects your systems. So again, the more energy you have at the mitochondrial level, That means your cells are going to be healthier, your tissues are going to be healthier, and then your organs and your systems are going to be healthier as well. Because our 100 trillion cells communicate with each other at faster than light speeds, creating around 400 billion reactions every second involving over 100,000 biomolecules. And so this is really what's going on below the surface and... That proves that our body knows how to heal itself if we give it what it needs. Really, our body only requires the essential elements of food, water, sunlight, oxygen, as well as sleep, exercise, and uh, the Earth's magnetic fields or the Earth's PEMFs. And through circulation, electric and magnetic currents, and intelligent communication, these essential elements that I just mentioned are delivered to each of our hundred trillion cells. At an energetic level, our cells act as battery-driven miniature pumps which require food for fuel, oxygen for combustion, and an ignition spark or catalyst to drive the process. And this spark is enhanced by Earth's geomagnetic and Schumann energy field that can also come from PEMF therapy devices that are in alignment with what the Earth provides. In energy medicine, Each cell is designed to run at a specific voltage, creating high-energy electrons available to do work. And voltage makes the world go round in the universe of your cells with seven important and interrelated concepts. And it's important to keep in mind that the Earth's PEMFs enhance and catalyze all seven processes I'm about to mention, both directly and indirectly. And so, the seven cellular benefits of the Earth's PMFs are, one, it recharges the transmembrane potential of your cells. Two, it increases ATP production in the mitochondria, which as we know with red light therapy is extremely important for health, wellness, and longevity. Number three, it enhances the sodium-potassium pump. Four, increases cellular pH to make cells and body more alkaline. Which we also know is extremely important because the more inflamed you are or the more inflammation your body has, the more acidic you're gonna be. Thus, when you induce more electrons into your body, you're gonna become less acidic and more alkaline, less inflammatory, more alkaline. Number five, it improves oxygen uptake and assimilation into the cells. Number six, lowers blood viscosity and improves circulation and microcirculation. Lastly, seven, it creates a healthy level of electroporation. And these are the openings in the cells for improved nutrient transport and elimination. Of course, the one that I wanna dig into a little deeper is number two, increases ATP production in the mitochondria. And so this is really important because like I said, if you start compounding these different treatment modalities or these different biohacks or whatever you want to call them, then you're going to start stacking things in your favor for your health, for your energy. And so we know that red light therapy is one of the best things you can do to optimize mitochondrial health because you're going to make the mitochondria more efficient at producing energy or producing ATP. And so if you implement something like PEMF, Um, on a daily basis or on a consistent basis, along with red light therapy, then again, your cells are going to be recharged, your body's going to be rejuvenated, you're going to be feeling just healthier, more vibrant on a much more consistent level. And so this is going to be a little bit of a review. Some of you may already know a lot of this stuff. Others, this may be slightly newer information in the world of biology and the mitochondria. But nevertheless, let's review it for the purposes of PEMF. So, inside of each of your 100 trillion cells are 200 to 300 mitochondria on average. But as we know, in more mitochondrial dense tissues, such as skeletal muscle, heart, brain, eyes, and liver, we could have thousands to tens of thousands of mitochondria per cell. These organelles, the mitochondria, turn the food we eat into electrical energy. So, it literally takes the food that you consume and... Turns it out as electrons, and then those electrons get fed through your electron transport chain, which is inside of your mitochondria. And if you want to learn more about the you know intricacies of the mitochondria and the electron transport chain and all that, then, then go back to previous episodes, especially Mitochondria Part 1, Part 2, and also my talk down in Miami where I get deep into the trenches about the mitochondria. Uh, but for the purposes of this episode, I'm going to move on this podcast was brought to you by the Longev Revive Cream. If you haven't heard of this cream before, go back and listen to the podcast interview with David Horonek, one of the people that helped create this amazing cream. The cream was specifically developed to enhance red light therapy treatment sessions. And not only that, but improve vibrational healing from the frequencies of full-spectrum sunlight. The Revive includes special ingredients such as photodynamic amino acids, which helps convert UV light to red light, it increases production of this thing called fibronectin, which is said to be the holy grail of anti-aging, and then there's astaxanthin, which has been shown in clinical studies to increase skin moisture, moisture retention, and elasticity There's turmeric, which contains an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial properties. There's copper peptides, which also has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory effects. C60 has high antioxidant power to prevent skin aging, 172 times more than vitamin C. And then there's also geranium rose, shungite, humic acids, and most of these ingredients are organic and they're all high, high quality. So if you want to check this cream out, go to longjev.com, that's L-O-N-G-E-V-V.com, or you can also find it on BioLite.shop, that's BioLite.S-H-O-P. The mitochondria convert the glucose and fatty acids into high-energy electrons that are stored in ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate. And the mitochondria exist as independent cells with their own circular DNA So they're not helical like our nuclear DNA that we're all familiar with. You know, just speaking of the mitochondria, here are some pretty unique properties of the mitochondria compared to our normal cells. The mitochondria, like I just mentioned, have circular DNA, which actually makes it more vulnerable to damage, which is why it's relatively easy to get mitochondrial damage, which can lead to a host of health diseases. The mitochondria, it's literally a cell within a cell. They just happen to be smaller than the cells we're familiar with, and so they reside inside of those cells. They can live independent of the cell. There are, like I said, hundreds to potentially thousands, if not tens of thousands, of mitochondria per cell. 90 to 95% of all energy produced comes thanks to the mitochondria. So that's why when a person does have mitochondrial dysfunction, It wreaks havoc on whatever cells and tissues and potentially organs that those dysfunctional mitochondria reside in because when you lack energy, that's where things start to go wrong. We have this homeostasis where we want our certain energy production. And once we start falling below that on a consistent basis, it's kind of like a compound effect where you have a couple of dysfunctional mitochondria, which means you have less energy, but then that's going to have a snowball effect where more and more mitochondria become dysfunctional, thus you have less energy, and that just compounds itself, not to the point where you'd notice something within a day or a week or a month, where it takes potentially months and years before you start realizing the negative ramifications of this dysfunctional mitochondria, like multiple sclerosis or Alzheimer's, uh, Parkinson's, some of these neurodegenerative diseases, they all begin with dysfunctional mitochondria, but it takes a long time before you get the diagnosis or before you start seeing or feeling the negative side effects of dysfunctional mitochondria. So that's why really in this space, when you're trying to optimize your mitochondrial health, it just pays massive dividends to be proactive. You may be feeling great now, but that's when you should be really starting to hone in on modalities and treatments in. Uh, just daily regimens you can implement to optimize your mitochondria. And so, yes, we can talk about red light therapy, but the sunshine is the original red light therapy. We can talk about PEMF mats, but the earth is the original PEMF mat. So, of course, return to nature when possible. And really, first of all, to optimize your mitochondria and optimize your health, and then supplement with these technologies or literal supplements and adjuvants to further optimize your mitochondria. But that was kind of a random tangent. I didn't mean to go down, but just food for thought as, as we're talking about these types of things. The mitochondria eat glucose and fatty acids, turning them into electrons. The mitochondria have a rich pool of electrons inside of their membranes. And of course, this is goes back to the electron transport chain and how the mitochondria shuttle electrons through this electron transport chain ultimately to develop or produce ATP, which is our token of energy. Research shows that weak PEMF signals in certain biological windows, such as 0 to 30 hertz, increases ATP synthesis in the mitochondria. And again, 0 to 30 hertz is the same frequencies or the same PEMF signals that the earth gives off. PEMF therapy enhances all of the channels, pathways, and delivery of essential elements needed to create energy in the mitochondria, such as oxygen absorption, hydration, assimilation, circulation, and energization, if that's a word, of the cellular pump. We take all these things and put them together, PEMF, is gonna increase your energy, PEMF will help circulation. I mean, similar to what red light therapy does, but just in a different way, attacking similar healing benefits, but just from different frequencies. And so here are the top eight benefits of PEMF therapy you'll experience with consistent, whether it's from the earth and grounding or using a PEMF mat. One, stronger bones. Two, endorphins and pain relief. Three, better sleep and HGH secretion or human growth hormone secretion. Four, enhanced energy or ATP production. Five, better oxygenation and circulation because of the enhanced nitric oxide production. Number six, improved immunity or boosted immune system. Number seven, relaxation and stress reduction. So you can imagine, um, compound some PEMF with the 528 hertz tuning fork while you're standing in front of your BioLite device because as we know from research done, the BioLite red light therapy does help drastically improve your parasympathetic drive or decrease stress. And then lastly, eight, nerve and tissue regeneration. And of course, those types of things take energy. So it makes sense that you know, you're know you going to be able to regenerate, heal, grow tissue when you have more energy to do so. And that's where PEMF, that's where grounding comes into play because you're going to induce and bring in more free electrons to your body to do so. Those are the two healing frequency presence that my family gave to each other this Christmas. So pretty cool. Take it for what it is. You know, it's kind of cool that you can heal your body with sound, with sound frequency. So 528 Hertz. And then of course, PEMF and PEMF mats or grounding or so forth. I mean, there's just kind of a couple different ways to skin a cat, which makes sense. I mean, again, these are all just different types of frequencies, but when you get down into the trenches, there's a lot of similarities. Like we see here between... PEMFs, red light therapy, and sound. They can help reduce stress, can help calm you, can help increase circulation, it can help boost your immune system. So start pairing these together and a lot of good things can happen. But let's move on to the photo biomodulation research. I happened to find a piece of research that incorporated light and electromagnetic fields. Since we're gonna talk about PEMFs, I figured I'd try to find something like that. Unfortunately, they didn't use them together like I was hoping. I was looking for something where the research utilized red light therapy in combination with PEMF therapy. But this one just was comparing them. And the title of this article is Therapeutic Application of Light and Electromagnetic Fields to Reduce Hyperinflammation Triggered by COVID-19. So wasn't really looking for anything Specifically on COVID 19, more so just the light and EMF or PEMF therapy, but it does happen to deal with COVID. So, in this study, the researchers wanted to establish whether illumination or electromagnetic field therapy was especially effective against COVID 19 induced inflammation. And this hyperinflammatory response which gives rise to severe acute respiratory distress, or SARS, COVID-19, which is characterized by the accumulation of inflammatory cells, edema formation, and a significant increase in inflammatory cytokines. And so, during the 10-minute stimulation period for the PEMF part of the study, and I should mention that this was done on cultured cells, so this wasn't done on humans or or even animals, just on cells, but still, it's an interesting piece of research. So let's continue forward. So with the PEMF, they did 10-minute stimulations where the PEMF was applied at a frequency of 10 Hertz and with peak magnetic intensity of 1.3 milliteslas, which is around 40 times higher than the Earth's magnetic field. The PEMF exposure was applied for 10-minute intervals at a time and was given repetitively every 12 hours for 48 hours in total. And for the sham PEMF experiments, the control condition was compared to that of a sham PEMF treatment included through a, a wound coil device that provided the same current as the test PEMF signal. However, it produced no pulsed magnetic field. For the light, they used a seven LED array of far red LEDs at 720 nanometers. Whereas most of the LED panels on the market are 660 nanometers. So 720 is getting pretty close into near infrared. But the infrared sequence was programmed to switch on for 10 minutes every 12 hours, over a total of 48 hours, just like the PEMF. And the control condition was performed in an identical manner, but the light was not irradiating like the uh, treatment was. And so interestingly, I found in this piece of research, the intensities of the LED was, in the article has said two to six watts per meter squared. And for most people, that's not gonna mean much unless you're very familiar with light irradiance like panels like BioLite panels or otherwise. Uh, Most light irradiance is anywhere from 100 to 150 milliwatts per centimeter squared. And again, the research used two to six watts per meter squared. And if you do the conversion, that's actually 0.2 to 0.6 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So they were using super, super low light irradiance. And I'm not sure if that's because they were irradiating culture directly. Thus, it wasn't having to travel through skin to get to the target tissue and all that stuff or whatnot. But regardless, just keep in mind, they were using extremely low light irradiance with their LEDs. But anyway, in sum, the results have shown that both photobiomodulation therapy and electromagnetic fields can be effective in reducing inflammation related to the TLR4 signaling pathway, which has to do with the COVID-19. And so their efficacy of the treatments ranges from 20% with the PEMF therapy to 40% with infrared light. Again, reducing inflammatory markers over that 48-hour period. And so, getting into the discussion portion of this research article, uh, the researchers go on to say that we provide evidence for anti inflammatory effects of both photobiomodulation and electromagnetic fields in human cells relevant to the COVID 19 pandemic. These treatments should therefore be effective against the hyperinflammation in alveolar cells, which is in the mouth, resulting from COVID 19 infection. Optimal anti-inflammatory effects were obtained by 10 minutes of infrared exposure provided at an intensity of 6 watts per meter squared to cell cultures twice daily. Again, 6 watts per meter squared is less than 1 milliwatt per centimeter squared. This treatment achieved a reduction of 35% in the TLR4-mediated inflammatory response of exposed cells as compared to the control untreated cell cultures over a 48-hour period. In our study, we used LEDs at 720 nanometers peak wavelength because this wavelength shows optimal penetration of water without generating heat, unlike red light, which barely penetrates the skin, as we know, or far infrared wavelengths, which penetrate poorly and furthermore generate enormous heat. The researchers go on to say, in fact, a serious problem pertaining to the clinical effectiveness of photobiomodulation therapy is that light may not effectively penetrate the chest cavity. To address this question, we have experimented with pork ribs, which are similar in size to a human rib cage. For our experiments, we used commercially available high-output 720 nanometer LED floodlights and or 720 nanometer high-output LED bulbs. Using either of these illumination sources, we observed that adjusting the 620 nanometer light intensity at the pork skin surface to 850 watts per meter squared resulted in six watts per meter squared penetrating the pork rib cage as well as a further two centimeters of muscle tissue placed underneath the ribs. So I'm going to stop there for a moment. And so that explains why they were using six watts per Meter squared for the cell culture, because when they were using 850 watts per meter squared for the pork ribs, only six watts was actually making it to the target tissue. So they're trying to replicate what light was actually making it to the target tissue. For example, the 850 watts per meter squared, that's actually 85 milliwatts per centimeter squared, which is much, much closer to the light irradiance that you see from LED panels like BioLite and so on. So that's why they, they were using the 6 watts per meter squared for the cell culture. But going on uh, with what the researchers are saying here, thus, adjusting exposure intensity at the skin surface to 850 to 1000 watts per meter squared, which would be 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared, range, using any 720 nanometer light should provide a therapeutic dose to treat inflammation in lung tissue lying directly underneath. This level of intensity is in agreement with that of a laser used in a previously published case report of treating COVID-19 patient with light. However, in that study, the wavelength was at 810 nanometers. And for those that aren't familiar with the wavelengths, 810 is much, or not much, but it's further into that near-infrared spectrum than 720. So you're delivering more photons, you're getting, um, I should say, Better penetration at 810 than you are at 720. But going on, however, the beam width of most or for most lasers in medical use is much too narrow to cover the whole lung surface, necessitating extended exposure times, which may not have been optimal in the prior study. Because with lasers, you can heat tissue, there's more danger. Like they just mentioned here, you can't cover as much surface area. And when you're trying to treat the lungs, that's a lot of surface area to cover with the laser. Thus, LED panels or LED lights would be much more, I shouldn't say effective, but much more efficient at treating and safer as well. The researchers go on. Furthermore, it is unfortunate that most commercially available LED-based photobiomodulation devices do not emit at an appropriate wavelength and or high enough intensity range for chest therapeutic uses. And that's where I'm slightly confused because most of the panels that I'm aware of, BioLite included, definitely emit high enough intensity, light intensity or light irradiance to accomplish what they're accomplishing. However, they are correct that most panels don't have the 720 nanometer light that they do, whereas most panels have 860 nanometers. But again, those are both in the near-infrared range, the 860 is just going to allow you to penetrate deeper. So I would argue you would still get the benefits that are being elucidated in this research article if you have a panel that has 860 nanometers for the near-infrared. But then lastly, a final caveat is that infrared light does not effectively penetrate bone, even at very high intensities, creating potential shadows over lung regions directly beneath the rib cage. Therefore, infrared treatment should likely be the most optimum if illuminating from both sides of the patient, meaning front and back, simultaneously to reach maximum lung surface tissue. And that's kind of the end of their discussion in, in the research article here. And so I'm not sure if the researchers are saying that it must be done simultaneously, which they literally said, but but my thoughts are. As long as you're irradiating both sides, let's say you have one panel and you do the front of your chest cavity, then you do the back of your chest cavity. While it may not be simultaneous, I'm not sure why the fact that it's simultaneous has anything to do with its efficacy or or efficiency because you're essentially going to be irradiating your cells in your body with the same amount of jewels irregardless if it's simultaneous or not. So I'm kind of confused by that. Um, But regardless, they do bring up a pretty good point that Light in general does not penetrate through bone very well. That's why treating your skull, or tre- I should say treating your brain, is relatively difficult because so little light actually makes it through your skull. That's why treatments for the brain, if you're using a panel or, or red light therapy device, infrared light, the treatments are longer because less light is actually making it to your target tissue, so you have to treat for longer. I thought that was a pretty cool piece of research. While Again, while it didn't utilize... PEMFs and red light therapy at the same time has showed that either are quite efficacious at reducing inflammation, in this case, related to COVID-19. But it is also interesting to note that the re, uh, the results that they got was that electromagnetic fields led to a 20% reduction in inflammation, whereas infrared light led to a 40% reduction in In inflammation. So just keep that in mind. I really wish they would have done a third group where they did both to see if that would have enhanced it to 50 or 60 or 70% reduction in inflammation. But regardless, both treatments work. So just keep that in mind for treating conditions that are inflammatory or dealing with the lungs. And then moving on to the last piece of photobiomodulation research. Again, this one has to do with autism. It literally came out five days ago from the time of this recording, so it's hot, hot off the press. I wasn't able to get the full article, so I only had the, the abstract to work with here. But regardless, it's pretty cool information, cool results that I want to share with you guys. The title of the article is Transcranial Photobiomodulation in Adults with High-Functioning Autism Spectrum Disorder, Positive Findings from a Proof-of-Concept Study. So again, came out on December 23rd, and the objective of the study was to assess the efficacy and safety of transcranial photobiomodulation in adults with autism spectrum disorder. And so they used adults with high-functioning autism spectrum disorder between the ages of eight and 59 years old, and they received treatment twice a week for eight weeks. So two months, 16 total treatments of photobiomodulation through the skull. And so unfortunately, I don't have any information as far as the frequency, the light irradiance, or even where on the skull they targeted the brain. Once I do get my hands on this article, I'll definitely share it with you guys because I want to know. I would have to guess it was it would be mostly the frontal lobe, because that's where a lot of the the research for anxiety and stress and major depressive disorder targets the frontal lobe. So I'm guessing that's where it is for this article. But again, I'll let you guys know once I get my hands on the full article. The results of the study were that overall, the eight-week transcranial PBM treatment was associated with significant reduction in SRS-2 total scores at endpoint, particularly in social awareness, social communication, social motivation, and restricted repetitive behaviors. So there were statistically significant improvements at endpoint in global assessment of functioning scores and quality of life enjoyment and satisfaction questionnaire scores. So there were only three participants that experienced transient, mild side effects such as insomnia, which could be, again, the red light therapy giving them too much energy, headache, which can be some detox symptoms, and warmth at treatment application site. I, I think that's funny. That's <laughs> a side effect because, yes, the depending on what light they were using, I'm guessing infrared, that can definitely be warm. I wouldn't call that a side effect, though. But regardless, there were no adverse events required changes in the protocol, so there was. success with the treatment protocol, and the adherence rate from the participants was 98%, which is exceptionally high. The conclusion of the study is that transcranial photobiomodulation is a safe and feasible treatment approach that has the potential to treat core features in autism spectrum disorder. Further research is necessary and warranted. So again, kind of a superficial you know, overlook of a piece of research, but again, hot off the press, pretty darn cool uh, that we're starting to see photobiomodulation research into different areas like autism spectrum disorder. And again, I think as time goes on, we're going to just find more and more pieces of research that are looking into areas that we haven't seen before, kind of like we did with the BioLite study we did with BioStrap Labs. We found some amazing results with improving heart rate variability, improving your ability to tap into parasympathetic nervous system and reduce stress, something that's really never done before. This article looking at autism spectrum disorder and its ability to potentially help with those type of symptoms. Earlier this year, we saw some research with targeting the gut microbiome to reduce stress, to reduce anxiety, also targeting the gut microbiome to help reduce signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pike for red light therapy and photobiomodulation. And so I'm pretty sure in 2022, we're going to have some really cool pieces of research to review and discover. And so I'm excited for that. But regardless, guys, I appreciate you sticking around for the majority of this episode. And Really looking forward to serving you guys and providing more and more information in 2022. So if you're listening to this episode when it first comes out, when it first airs, enjoy the rest of your 2021, the couple days that are left and enjoy the beginning of 2022. Make some fun New Year's resolutions, something, something fun, something attainable, something that's going to improve your quality of life in some way or another. For me, it's definitely going to be... One of my resolutions will be to be present, live in the moment, because as you know, as this is the case for a lot of people, it's easy to get stuck in the past, and it's easy to always think about the future and what's coming next. So we're never in the present. We're always in the past or future. So that's one of my big goals for twenty twenty two is to remain in the present and just be just be as much as possible. So with that, I'm going to leave you on the note of 528 Hertz. Thank you for listening to the red light report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word. So other people can learn about the many health wellness and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, BioLite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.